Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the podcast. We're really excited to finally bring you the CBD series that we've been talking about, and we've got some some great information lined up for you today. Today's guest is Mike Matthews, and he is one of the owners of Player Complete, based out of Denver, Colorado. Player Complete is a company that focuses on the 40-year-old athlete that just has chronic pain from years of doing whatever sport it is that they've been engaged in. And so he talks a lot about CBD and the, the pain management uh, component of that. And then also, too, we, could, we dive into how it can help with recovering addicts with addiction issues. Uh, we talk about the Farm Bill of 2014 and how that has an impact on the industrial hemp industry. And then also some studies now, some new things that are coming to light with, uh, for example, there's a Harvard doing a study on tampons made out of marijuana that have CBD and THC levels in them that can help women who have really bad menstrual cycles. So there's a lot of great information in this podcast, and we're really, really fortunate and thankful that Mike sat down with us for about an hour and 15 minutes to share his knowledge. So without further ado, episode 20. I'm here. Okay, right on. All right, it looks like the technology is working for us. It's kind of ironic. I'm here in the backcountry over, um, you know, in kind of the southern end of the Collegiate Peaks, camping out in the middle of nowhere, and there's like a probably about a half foot of snow on the ground, and we're sitting here recording a podcast. You're in Gunnison, Craig, and then, Mike, you're in Denver. <laughs> so yeah. it's like I love technology these days. We don't have to sit down in the studio to do this stuff. This is, this is wonderful. <laughs> I I know. It is and, pretty amazing. And, and she, and a shout out to to WeBoost, right? Because I oh, yeah. was able to make this phone call, you know, right right now without their without their technology. So uh, yeah. I I praise the WeBoost there. Yeah, that's working really great at the cabin. I got to figure out what's wrong with my phone, so in order in order for me to get connectivity up there. But you know, when I was driving over yesterday uh, over Monarch Pass, it was like I had my booster on and I had service pretty much the whole way except for that one section over by Sergeants. And so that was that's a, those those dishes really do work well. Yeah, no, I, I uh, I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. Yeah. Um, well, let's 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 jump into it. We're we're finally we're finally going to be uh, getting to our CBD conversation, and um, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Um, yeah, me too. We've had uh, we've had a little lapse from from doing our episodes. At least I have. Uh, for the last week and a half, but uh, we've we've definitely been busy. But let's let's get into the um, the CBD discussion. So just to give a, a recap for our audience, um, Brian and I have been interested in um, exploring more about CBD um, for a number of issues, um, for a number of reasons. Um, if if people are familiar with episode twelve, where where Brian got into um, some of his background. Um, he he talked about um, some of his own challenges with with anxiety, um, and also a, a a great story of of overcoming that anxiety and, and using nature and pickup truck camping as a as a means to overcome and redirect some of his struggles into positive outlets. Um, so if people haven't listened to episode twelve, I, I encourage them to go back and listen to that, and then. Um, in in a recent episode number eighteen, um, I was going into my own background with some of my own mental health issues um, and uh, tendencies to overconsume alcohol and, and marijuana um, to mask some of my underlying issues. So, um, you know, the the application of CBD 
um, in addressing anxiety and, um, and some other mental health issues was one of the drivers of our interest to get into exploring CBD. But then there's just the simple uh, fact that both Brian and I are 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 in our approaching our our mid forties. Our our bodies are getting a little bit uh, decrepit, and yeah. uh, we've got some chronic inflammation. And so those those were some big drivers for us to to get into exploring uh, CBD. So Brian, I don't know if you want to say say anything else on that front, but I just want to yeah. give our audience a sense of of why we're why we're exploring this. Yeah, definitely. I think that a lot of people are interested in this subject matter, and there's a lot of information floating around out there, and people are, are having somewhat of a hard time deciphering what's legit and what is overstated or understated as far as the medicinal benefits of CBD. And, you know, one thing for me, like you were talking about, we're getting older, and uh, the injuries just keep adding up as far as aches and pains. And it was ironic this morning, you know, I was, I was getting ready for our podcast and stuff like that, and I was uh, listening to the NPR radio and they had a uh, segment about the opioid epidemic. And so I thought, well, that's, that's really fitting, considering we're going to be talking about CBD, which has excellent pain management properties and benefits for people that, um, you know, choose to go that route for treatment. So um, I'm just glad that, that we're able to, to get this information out there with the, with the professionals we have lined up. Absolutely, yeah. And I just uh, to, to add my own little... Uh plug for this morning's activities like I I uh, Brian you were up here at the ranch and we were working to enclose that washer and dryer in its own room because the the um, the washer lines were freezing up and so I was quite active last night in in completing that room and, and insulating it and my ankle and my foot are killing me right now so I oh, you know I'm trying <laughs> So I'm trying to uh, I'm, I'm trying not to take Advil right now, and I'd, I'd love to uh, to see if the CBD is a, a good product for me to address those chronic pains. So um, anyway, I'm I'm going to be introducing uh, Mike Matthews here uh, just to give a little background as to, to how we got him on the podcast. Mike Mike and I uh, go back to uh, go back way 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 back to. Uh, Probably 10 years old, 12 years old. I, I think maybe we we first started hanging out when we were 10, 12, uh, playing paintball wars uh, back in Darien, Connecticut. Um, so I recently reconnected with Mike and, and learned that he was uh, in the CBD industry. And uh, so I was excited to, to be able to get him onto the podcast. And he started up a company called Player Complete. So I'm going to pass it over to Mike uh, to, to give a little introduction about himself and what what he's doing in the CBD industry with uh, Player Complete and how he got interested in um, the marijuana industry in, in general. So, Mike, I pass it over to you. Say say hello to the audience and uh, what's uh, what's CBD, <laughs> CBD all about to you? Well, th- thanks, Craig. Uh, let me just say thank you to, to Brian and Craig for giving me this chance to, to come on uh, your show today and uh, talk about CBD and, um, you know, provide some information, try and dispel any misnomers or bad information that, that is out there. Um, a little bit about my background. I, 
I kind of stumbled into the CB, CBD industry about two years ago. Um, the first company I worked for didn't, didn't really pan out. Um, it, it kind of belly flopped like a lot of companies in this industry. But w- what it did provide me was uh, relationships with my two partners, uh, Sean Hermanson and, and Rick Trojan, um, of which we created uh, or through which we created um, Player Complete this, this January. Um, now, I, I, you know, we'll talk about uh, many different aspects of CBD and its benefits to both the body and the mind. Um, we, we kind of, uh, Player Complete was born out of the thought of creating products that were specific to, to athletes, both amateur, both professional, and retired. Um, you know, Brian, you mentioned the, the opiate epidemic. I think, you know, if you turn on the news, the radio, TV, you, you hear about that every day. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's really a tragedy. And I think that, you know, through speaking with athletes and, um, you know, Sean has a lot of relationships with, with professional athletes. They are provided, um, free pain medicine, free anti-inflammatories as much as they want, whenever they want. And they know that not only is there an addiction problem, but there is, um, it's just, it's killing their liver and their kidneys. And so we decided to um, create this company and develop products that would help create all natural, non-addictive solutions, um, you know, to anti-inflammatories and, 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 and pain medication. So that's, that's really the essence of Player Complete. Um, we have one brand um, that we launched in April called Soul Hustle. It's more of a lifestyle brand that's built around um, sun, sand, and surf. Um, you know, we're, we have a professional volleyball player that, that endorses our products. Um, but we, we really envision player complete as, um, you know, something that is really a, the rim of a bike wheel, if I may. Each of these brands are going to be spokes that are going to fill in. We want to launch a golf line, or we will be in January. Um, there's so many different directions, so many different applications in the athletic world. Um, and so that, that's really the essence of, of player complete. And, um, you, you know, it's CBD is really something that everyone um, can benefit from, <clears throat> even if you don't have chronic pain. Or anxiety. It's it, it, it's really providing a sense of of well being, um, and so we can get into a little bit more of the scientific side um, and talk more about the each person's endocannabinoid system and how CBD um, nourishes these endocannabinoid receptors and helps prevent inflammation, anxiety, and, and many of the things that you just you just touched upon before. Yeah, Mike, I think that'd be great to dive into that. Just go ahead and do that right now um, about how the, how our bodies are set up to receive uh, the CBD um, components within our system and, and how we're pretty much pre-programmed to already do this, and it's just now coming to light through scientific uh, studies and all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say that um, – Researchers maybe 20 or 30 years ago discovered the endocannabinoid system. It's basically a system of receptors um, 
And, you know, I can provide some information to your listeners that get delves a little bit more into the scientific realm of that. But mm-hmm. in, in, in essence, um, cannabinoids in general, CBD is a specific cannabinoid. THC is also a cannabinoid. Um, I think that as research and money flows into the industry, you're going to hear more about other cannabinoids, CBG, CBN, and CBC. Those are also um, pretty prominent in the hemp plant with CB- CBD being, um, you know, what people are really looking for now. Um, and so it's interesting. There are CBD products out there or companies that have um, higher concentrates of THC. Most of the industry derives CBD from the hemp plant. Um, and therefore, it's going to be under 0.3% THC. That's kind of the, the FDA threshold of what makes it in either a food product or anything over 0.3% is going to make it a, um, a THC product. And, and the reason why I, I, I bring this up is because you see the best results when using CBD if it has all of the other cannabinoids in in the formulation as well. Um, you can get CBD, what's called isolate, which basically they isolate out that molecule, and it's only CBD. It doesn't have CBG, CBN, CBC, doesn't have any of that. And so what that is commonly known as is the entourage effect. And so a lot of CBD products, tend to be full spectrum um, or they call it full plant versus a CBD isolate. Um, and so it's, it's interesting how the body, um, you know, takes in CBD. And there's many different ways. You can take it orally. You can, you can take it topically. Um, you know, I don't want to delve too much into the science side of, of what the liver does in, in terms of how it, takes the CBD molecule and creates it into a different enzyme. Um, but, but in essence, how you take CBD um, will affect, um, y- you know, the feeling and the results that you get. Uh, I would say most people tend to take a tincture. Um, you know, they put it sublingual under their tongue. Um, it tends to absorb pretty quickly. Uh, there are pills such as like a gel cap. Obviously, that's going to take a little bit longer for absorption. Um, one of the keys, though, and this is kind of a differentiator in terms of the quality of products, and I think you, you see this in vitamins and other health food products as well, is that when you create a product or a formulation, um, you want to have elements that make it that, that allow your body to absorb it and absorb it well, which they often hey, commonly hey, Mike, I'm, can I, yep. Mike, can I break in for a second? Totally. Yeah, no, I, this is, this is just really, really fascinating. And I, before you get into the delivery systems, I, I wanted to poke your brain a little bit more. You, you talked about the endocannabinoid system and I, I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering that name. But I no. Am, am I? Do I understand? So so actually, there there is 
there's a system inside our bodies. There's there's a biological, um, I, I guess, I guess the way that I think about um, you, you know metabolism and whatnot. You have you have locks and you have keys. And so what I what I'm hearing you say is that there's there's a there's a cannabinoid lock in our body that and, and it's called the endocannabinoid system. And so the CBD, the cannabinoids, act as a key into that system, and they they do something. They 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 influence the inflammation um, and and other things. Can you can you tell me a little bit more about that endocannabinoid system and what that actually is? Because that's coming from my background. Um, you know where I'm. I am concerned about triggering my own cravings for like, so I, I don't want to smoke weed anymore. Right. And, but sure. what, what I'm hearing you say is that there's, there's an existing system inside my body that CBD can uniquely fit into where maybe it won't trigger my other cravings. So can, can you tell me a little bit more about that system? Sure, 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 sure. So there are, and, I, and again, I can provide like, Real, real scientific um, material on this um, that, that I can't necessarily speak to, but there are two sets of receptors, and not only CBD, but any cannabinoid um, will have an effect on these receptors. And the, the way a lot of people talk about it is it's kind of giving your, your body nourishment, Um I think, you know, I've read articles where people have speculated, um, you know, hundreds of years ago when hemp was a wild plant and um, maybe cows would eat hemp or the chickens would eat the seeds and there were essentially cannabinoids in the food system and people would get that sort of nourishment to that endocannabinoid system through these, these foods that they were eating. Obviously, this was quite a long time ago, um, and somewhat speculation, but yes, I, I think that, you know, as I was mentioning before, there are, you know, THC, CBD, there are probably, you know, eight or so pretty prominent cannabinoids. Evidently, they have found or pinpointed 60 to 70 others that are in trace amounts. And so I, I guess my point is, is that we really, I don't even know we've, we've hit the tip of the iceberg yet um, in terms of what each of these cannabinoids does and how, how that effect might be different, isolated on its own, partnered with all cannabinoids, maybe partnered with several. Um, and, and what they're finding is, is that, you know, I've mentioned CBC and CBN and CBG. Those are the three that I think you're going to hear more about in the near future and they, in, in, an, in an isolated state, um, tend to treat specific things. Um, may it be, you know, anxiety or inflammation. So I think you're going to see, you know, scientific engineering of the hemp plant, whether or not people like that, in order to maximize um, and to better utilize a person's endocannabinoid system. Um, because, you know, we, as we've seen through just 
minimal research and, you know, people using it, it, it has enormous beneficial effects. Um, and I think also products out there are kind of all over the place. I think we're seeing more and more high-quality, better products, but I think that there's a lot of people who have tried CBD and maybe, you know, it wasn't actually CBD. You know, it was some sort of hemp seed oil or something of that nature, and they, you know, don't necessarily think it's um, all the rave. But, you know, getting back to your what, what you were talking about, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of focus and a lot of money and research put into to discovering more and more about this endocannabinoid system. And so I, I think I'll leave it at that, and um, I can pass along some scientific information if, you're, if your listeners really want to delve into that. Yeah, I think that'd be Brian, great. Yeah, actually, I do. I, I wanted to see if there were any resources that talk about who, who's, who's investing in this research, if it's coming from the government side or if it's coming from more private private uh, ventures, and um, what what are some of the testing uh, standards, I guess, because since, it's not, since CBD is not regulated by the FDA, there isn't like that baseline standard um, of, say, okay, if, if this CBD edible or topical or tincture has X amount of CBD in it, then it's considered a, 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 a medicinal dose. So, like, who's doing the research and, and who's funding that and, and uh, what are the goals? I mean, I know that they, they're finding all sorts of different uses for CBD, but is there anything that the, that the industry is really keying in on at this point or is it more of still in the discovery stage? I, I mean, I think there's a lot of discovery. Um, ironically, especially on the cannabis side, a lot of good research has come out of Israel. Um, huh. And uh, some of the foremost doctors, um, you know, that kind of speak on the subject, and I, I really don't know the legality of, of the laws um, with cannabis specifically to research, but I, I do see a lot of prominent um, research coming out of there. I mean, if if I may, let me take a step back for one second because you mentioned FDA. So uh-huh. these can, this group of cannabinoids that I've, I've mentioned several times, cannabinoids come from both the cannabis plant and the hemp plant. Um, the cannabis plant typically has high concentrations of THC with less amounts to trace amounts of CBD but typically we'll have, you know, 50 other cannabinoids in very, very, very small trace amounts. Hemp plant, on the other hand, has higher concentrations of CBD with lesser amounts typically of CBN, CBG, and CBC, and then has trace amounts of all the other cannabinoids, one of which is THC. Um, Now, you know, kind of as I mentioned the entourage effect before, if there is a trace amount, the CBD works better. Um, it's kind of like if you're taking all the cannabinoids together, w- regardless of what concentration is high, you're, you see a better effect. Um, so as it relates to the FDA, so the 2014 Farm Act placed um, research of industrial hemp um, under the guidance of the DEA and the FDA. And so as long as you have less than 0.3% THC dry weight, 
it's not considered a cannabis product. And so, therefore, you can sell it in all 50 states. Now, there is one or two states that has turned their nose up. And in actually, California has kind of put this weird injunction on, on their books, even though it's not technically illegal. But basically, the gist is if it's less than 0.3%, um, it's not considered a cannabis product. Um, as it relates to some of the standards and, um, you know, how, how would someone go about knowing if the product is good or safe? Um, you know, so when a, a farmer or producer creates, um, you know, they grow hemp and they provide biomass to uh, uh, an extraction or a production laboratory, and basically biomass is the hemp plant left the stalk and the big sun leaves. So it's like it's it's flower, um, and it kind of looks like cannabis flower, just not not quite the same. They run it through many tests. And um, you get test results in um, what's called a COA or, or a certificate of authenticity. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I hate to throw, I hate to say it, but in this industry, you, you know, we've seen um, how shady characters, I guess, is a, is a, is a fair way to say it, in mm-hmm. terms of whether or not the product is really what it says. It is, um, but I think, you know, moving forward, the vast majority of products that I've, um, you know, experienced or tested on my end is, is, is good, good CBD. Um, good but I've also spoken with, with friends that have purchased CBD off of Amazon and some other places, and it didn't work at all. Yeah. So, so you, you know, I think... I think at the end of the day, you want to make sure a product is first and foremost safe to take. Um, and then you're hoping that, you know, for your money, you're getting somewhat of the intended result. And I, I think for the most part, that that's what I'm seeing. But with any emerging market, you're going to have riffraff and, um, you know, fly-by-night people. I mean, I kind of use this example that, you know, you got a lot of guys bottling this. They buy it a kilo of isolate, which is, you know, 2.2 pounds of um, CBD isolate, and they can mix flavoring in. They can put the other cannabinoids back in it. They mix it up and literally can pour it in their garage and, and sell it out of the garage. A lot of those are fly-by-night type companies, but not all of them. I mean, you know, there's 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 companies that have started out of their garage and become quite successful, Google to be one. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of entrepreneurs in, in this industry. Um, you're seeing a lot of people, um, I think, from big, big business coming in because traditionally you're seeing kind of the legacy cannabis folks, uh-huh. especially here in Colorado, kind of move into CBD. The, the, the risk in terms of the financial hurdles are less with CBD versus THC because I said it's not considered a, a cannabis product. Yeah. Hey, hey Mike, I want to... Yeah, go on. Yeah, let me just... Because you... you, you the, the information you just delivered was pretty um, interesting and broad there. So I... I um, so Brian was asking about, you know, who's doing this research, um, you know, whether it's at the federal level or whether it's a more of a private entity. So when, 
what I heard you say was that number one, so surprisingly, and that, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's not, it's not like I'm, I'm, well, I am shocked, but it is interesting that Israel is, is on the forefront of this. But I also heard you say that, um, with the 2014 farm bill, that industrial hemp is, is not, um, is not a schedule one product. And so what it sounds like is that frees um, private and public institutions to explore what might be in hemp without breaking the law. So that, that was something that I thought, and you can, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I have one other, um, one other thought that, um, I, I wanted to get into, and, and that was, um, the, so your, your, well, let me, I'll just pass that off to you. So am I, am I understanding it correctly that um, the, the 2014 Farm Bill essentially gives the green light to both public and private organizations to check hemp out as a product? As long as it's below 0.3% THC, they can do whatever – research that they want on that product. Is that, is that true? Yes. And, and you know, in the, farm, the specific language in the farm bill talked about industrial hemp. Um, mm-hmm. and in reality, industrial hemp is, is different than the hemp you derive CBD from. But the language in the bill allows for basically dried hemp, as long as it tests out at less than 0.3%, you're good to go. It's not illegal. That's really now. Some states, yeah, that's, some states, some states have stepped ahead. in and said, "Hey, you know, we're not so sure because products are hitting their shelves." Um, but in essence, yes. And I mean, on kind of an odd note, there's there's I read recently, and I could I could find the article and, and, and provide it to you and your listeners. Harvard Medical is doing this whole study on women and menstrual cycles and how CBD could be a much better, um, you know, uh, could be used there to help alleviate those symptoms. And um, it's going in in every direction, every direction. Um, You know, on on a side note, you know, we're Player Complete is, is an athletic company or, you know, we're creating products for athletes. I'm desperately trying to get, a CBD water. If you're an athlete, I mean, what what makes more sense than, you know, drinking water and having, you know, cannabinoids in the water that help nourish your endocannabinoid system? So anyway, I'll, I'll let you go back. Yeah, no, and that's that, that's just fascinating, and it's like you know the free market at work almost. You know, where where once the the government comes in and makes the decision on a regulation. It's just interesting how, you know, the free market can pick that up and start going into so many different directions and, and connect. So the other thing that I wanted to bring up that you were talking about was the standardization. So you, you talked about this certificate of authenticity. And is, is that a voluntary process that these companies are going through or is that a regulated one? So, you know, I, I think what we're, what we're talking about is labeling, right? So if, if a company, produces a product, and then they put a label on it, and they say that they have, you know, a cer- 
certificate of authenticity that says what's on the label is actually there. Do I understand that it's a, it's a voluntary thing that they produce this, they get the COA, and then they create the label, but then further on down the line, if it's shown that their label is inaccurate, then the government's going to come in and be like, you guys are going to have issues with us. Is that, is that generally how that, so in other words, it's not, it's not like the FDA is testing these products to make sure that they're meeting the claims that they make on their COA. This is in a voluntary phase where they, the company will produce their COA. And then if they get trouble, in trouble down the line, then they'll be liable for making false claims. Is that how it's working right now? Yes. I mean, there's no, I think the FDA is trying to figure all that out. And I think we will get to a point where, yeah, the FDA will probably have more oversight. But the COA is more, um, the, the two most common instances I would see is like, say, you know, for instance, Lucky's grocery store here or Lucky's chain here in Colorado carries a lot of CBD. If in order to get on their shelves, you would undoubtedly have to provide a certificate of authenticity showing that your product is what you say it is and that it's safe and that it's under 0.3% THC. The other kind of situation is, um, you know, a kilo of CBD isolate, which is essentially oil, would would go on the market for anywhere from maybe five to seven thousand dollars. Now, when people are buying fifty, hundred, maybe thousands of kilos at a time, you're talking about hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. And you know, in order to any businessman is going to say, "Prove to me, show me," you know that this product is what it says it says it. And so I think that's really where you're seeing it. It's more it's more bringing the business above board, providing it more legitimacy. Um, you know, there is mistrust between buyers and sellers because people have been ripped off. Um, and you know, I think it's easy to say, oh, you know, you know, stoners and, you know, legacy weed people in, in, in big business, that's kind of how it goes. I think that's how it is in any emerging market, any emerging market. There's always going to be riffraff. And as things kind of grow and evolve, the market and the industry matures and it gets more legit and more businesslike. Um, you know, you talk about SOPs and, and, and running things legit. Um, you know, from, from, you know, our, our perspective, we're not in retail quite yet. We're, we're about to turn that corner. But in order to sell a product online via e-commerce, the, the bar is a lot lower in terms of what you would have to have on your label. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't necessarily have to show a COA on my website, though I can if, if, if a customer wanted to see it. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think, you know, it's time will, will help this, this, this industry, um, you know, mature. And I would love to say, you know, I'm, 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 I'm loving to think that the, the FDA is, um, you know, uh, going to be the, the governing board. Um, you know, they're chock full of pharmaceutical executives. So, 
that doesn't make me necessarily feel wonderful. I think ultimately what we're hoping for is the 2000, the Farm Act that's in Congress committee right now. So basically the House and the Senate have approved it and they're hashing out the differences in committee. Hopefully that solves the banking problem and deschedules CBD completely. And if that occurs, then we're golden. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this is this is totally fascinating to me because I I, um, I actually make a comparison to this. Um, I mean, it, it sounds a little bit like the Wild West in the bit. industry yeah. because um, you, you just have the, the the regulations are not out there, and it it actually reminds me of I I did a lot of research um, and an exploration of using carbon markets to uh, reduce carbon emissions. And, mm-hmm. it, and this, this actually draws a lot of similarity, similarities to it because you, you have the government that was, the government is not willing to put the standards out there. And so you just have a, a vo- these voluntary markets, this Wild West um, uh, kind of atmosphere out there where they, we would talk about how the quality of one carbon from one program wouldn't be the same as the quality of carbon from another program. But anyway, I mean, it, it, it sounds really interesting. It sounds something that people need to pay attention to um, as things go forward. But I, I did want to shift our, our conversation to a more personal level. And, and, and I know I have some friends that are using CBD products right now um, one, one of my friends has cancer and, um, she's being encouraged by doctors to use it, um, to not only manage her pain, um, but also to manage her anxiety as she goes through this experience. And Mike, you talked about, um, earlier, you're, you, or maybe not earlier, was in a conversation that you and I had that you actually have used, um, CBD in, in your own kind of exploring your, your own understanding of how it works. Are, are you willing to talk a little bit about your own use of, of CBD on, on your own body and what your experience has been? Sure. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, you know, I, I think, so there's three areas that I use it for. Um, I do think I benefit in other areas, but, um, you know, I'm 43. I got a bunch of scar tissue in both shoulders. Um, and so, you know, if I sleep on my side at all at night, um, I wake up and my shoulders, they not only feel creaky, they ache. Um, so I use it for, the, you know, the anti-inflammation properties. Um, I also kind of, lo and behold, you know, most people do take it at night before bed, though not everyone. And... Um, it makes you sleep like a baby. You know, I often wake up in the middle of the night, maybe once or twice. And if I take CBD before bed, I'm able to just fall right back asleep. Um, and you're, and you're, you're, you're taking that orally when you, when you do that, are you, is that the sublingual or how, how are you taking it when you're using it to sleep? Correct. I mean, we have two, we have two products. We have a, well, we have three products. One's a topical, but two you would ingest. One under the tongue, which is a tincture, and then a gel cap. Um, 
I, I, you know, I, I like both. The tincture works quicker. Um, obviously, if you put something under your tongue, it seeps right into your bloodstream without going through your liver. So anything you ingest, obviously, is going to get processed through your liver. It takes a little bit more time to feel the effects. Um, but, but, but yeah, it, it just, it, it not only helps, I mean, everyone says, oh, I sleep like a baby. You, you, you sleep deeper. Um, you, you know, I, I've heard a lot of people mention, that, oh, it's great for hangovers. And I've always kind of, kind of thought, well, I don't, you know, I don't know if that's true, but here's kind of what I've come to believe uh, as it relates to that. That some people only with a couple drinks, a couple glasses of wine at dinner, maybe a couple beers on a Friday happy hour. And they wake up, and they don't feel like maybe death, but they don't feel that great. They're groggy, maybe a slight headache, and it's because they didn't sleep well. I mean, obviously, dehydration is in there as well, but CBD really helps you sleep. Um, and the third thing is, and I've never really dealt or had issues with anxiety until probably the last three or four years of my life, um, and, you know, CBD is a great way to kind of calm your nerves, um, you know, situations where you want to keep your emotions and your nerves at bay. It's, it, it's a wonderful tool. Um, and, you know, with the tincture, you, you put a couple drops under your tongue or, you know, most of a dropper full, and um, it just gives you a sense of calm. Um, I mean, to, to, be, honest that, you, to, to, to yeah. be honest with you, to be honest with you, I took some before the podcast. So how does that um, relate to uh, how did, how does that um, compare to? Again, like I, I've got my experience of of smoking way too much weed and drinking, and I, yeah. I I would definitely get a calming effect from smoking a bowl or whatnot, but that's just not. That's not where I'm, I'm not willing to go there anymore. So I'm curious if you can, can compare and contrast, you know, the, the, what, so I, I, I can relate to taking the edge off by smoking a bowl, but you're obviously, you're obviously not experiencing that euphoria and what have you. Can, are you able to compare and contrast the difference between smoking a bowl and, and doing a little tincture and, and having, speaking to the anxiety? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, I mean, when you get into cannabis, typically people get anxiety if you smoke something that's more on the sativa side. Um, indica tends to actually help with, with anxiety. I, I would say, I would say that the difference is, if, you know, you're taking the edge off with CBD, but you're not getting high. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's really it. I mean, I, I was, you know, in doing some research over the last couple of days, I've been, um, I've been, you know, in track groups on Facebook and all over, and people talk about they treat certain ailments, maybe they're a cancer patient, and they, they, smoke, they smoke cannabis. Um, that gives them anxiety, and then they take CBD to help manage the anxiety. Now, that seems a little convoluted to me, but um, <laughs> in essence, you know, CBD is taking the edge off without providing the psychotropic effect. So, really I mean, I, and Brian, Brian, we can, we go on. Yeah, I was just gonna, I was just gonna ask Brian. I, mm-hmm. Brian, do you have any experience in that? Do you have you have you used it? 
in that way that Mike's describing, where um, just as as like reducing your anxiety, is that something you played around with? Not really, just because like uh, nowadays I I pretty much manage all the anxiety just by being active, and um, I don't yeah. get anxious. I don't get anxious like I used to. Um, typically, the anxiety was derived from the corporate world because I couldn't sleep due to like you no know, sales goals or deadlines or whatever it may be, and I, I would just kind of not obsess about them, but I would just think about it too much, and then it would kind of overtake the day. And so um, I did use that nervous energy from the anxiety to, to fuel me to get all those things done, which, you know, if you can channel that energy, it's really powerful. But a lot of people, you know, either don't want that energy in their lives because it's too disruptive or they haven't learned how to channel it yet. And so I think that's where CBD can be beneficial. But in, in my own personal experience with CBD, I've done it for, I've used it for pain management. And so I've noticed like the topical uh, creams and the salves that you can put on are extremely effective for any sort of muscle pain. And I've tried a bunch of different types of, of uh, products that include both the CBD and the THC in them at the same time. Now, obviously, you know, you can't take those outside of the states where you purchase them in because of the THC levels. And you can't take them, like, say to Kansas, I can't take that stuff back home for me. But um, it, when I'm here, I definitely do use the CBD topical uh, creams for, like, my hip pain that I keep on experiencing, which causes my lower back issues. And also, too, sounds like Mikey and I have some similar issues with our shoulders. My shoulders are always sore from, from you know, just sleeping funny. And then I'll wake up and it's like, oh, man, I feel like I'm, like, 90 years old. And uh, watching me throw a football is kind of a funny thing these days. <laughs> so, but, but that's been my experience. And, I, you know, I found the CBD uh, topical stuff to be extremely effective. You know, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll have some pain that is, that is bothering me. I'll take the topical cream, put it on that area, just kind of rub it in like you would any normal sports cream. And then within a matter of minutes, the pain is greatly diminished or gone for at least about two hours. Yeah, I, I think topic, topicals have, have come a long way um, over the last couple of years. Um, you know, formulations need to be as such that it can, you know, the appropriate medicine can penetrate beyond because your, your skin has several layers of epidermis. Um, but but I, I think that makes total sense. I mean, if your shoulder hurts, you know, I've had people say, why would I take a pill? Why wouldn't you just rub something on your shoulder? Well, mm -hmm. I, I think both make sense. But, you know, putting something right on the affected area makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I also, let me ask you, if I may, would you say your pain is chronic or acute? Uh, I'd say that it's that it's chronic these days. It's just gotten to the point. I just, I push myself so hard that you know over the years, little injuries just kind of start to add up. And so I think that some of my aches and pains come from like you know pre-arthritis things of that nature, um, and then obviously too like legitimate injuries like when I when I tore my plica band in my knee or when I tore my rotator cuff in my right shoulder. That just is going to always kind of bother me. Yeah, I mean, what, one thing that I, that I would say, and when I talk to people kind of introducing the CBD, is if they are taking it for pain, is to distinguish chronic versus acute. If you have acute pain, CBD will help, but the pain is going to be there. Um, now, chronic pain is more, you know, creaky shoulder, like, you know, you move a certain direction, you're like, ow, my hip. Um, yeah. Often chronic pain is caused simply by inflammation. So by reducing yep. inflammation, you, you, you're, you're doing, you know, that's half of it, if not more, right there. Um, and so, yeah, and I guess what, what I'm driving at is I also think as 
as a society, a lot of people are looking to live a more healthy existence. And, you know, if you have, and this is something I'm talking to my, my dad about, like, literally today, you know, he's had a hip and a knee um, replacement. He's got arthritis all over his body. Um, CBD is a component of making him feel whole. But I'll also say that eating, being active and eating a good diet um, is also very important. And I, and I mean, like, when I mean good diet, like, like really paying attention to what you eat. And if, if chronic pain and inflammation is a problem for you, you shouldn't be eating any foods that further cause inflammation. Exactly. Like tomatoes. Yeah. And so I, I, um, this is an area that I actually want to learn a lot more about. But if, if you watch what you eat and you exercise, a, a lot of that pain will go away. I mean, I've yeah. heard so many positive stories, and I, and I think you're, you're in, in agreement. Yeah, I've actually experienced that myself. When So just recently, the reason why I went back to Kansas for the month of October was that my what I thought was a lower back injury, I, see, I ruptured my L5 disc in my back four and a half years ago. And so, um, and that's just, that was brutal to get over. And I didn't take any pain pills for that. I, I managed everything through CBD. And, you know, when you're talking about the acute pain, it was definitely, it, it helped to lower the pain, but the pain was still there. But, but what, what was funny was that I was able to start my physical therapy three weeks ahead of schedule, whereas they wanted me to be on pain pills for three weeks. So I was like, well, that's kind of a weird coincidence how I didn't take the pain pills and yet, I'm able to start three weeks earlier, whereas if I would have taken the pain pills for three weeks, you know, I'd, I'd have to start later, which I found interesting. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for, in my body, when you're talking about the, uh, the anti-inflammation, when I looked at my diet, I realized that I was eating a lot of foods like the, like the refined carbohydrates and refined sugars, things like that, that really pump up the um, inflammation in your body, and then also red meat. I mean, I'm a sucker for hamburgers, dude. I love you. <laughs> you know, and if, like, a, if a restaurant has a good hamburger, I'll order, like, the deluxe one with the egg on top and the bacon and everything else. You know, I'll do that. <laughs> but then I realized, I'm like, you know, that coupled with French fries, that those are two whammies against me. And I, was, I would go and i eat, like, a burger with fries, like, a couple times a week. And I thought, well, that, those two things right there, you know, those two foods together, the French fries and then also the, the red meat, it's causing inflammation in my body. And once I cut that out, I, re, I started feeling a lot better. I started eating more leafy greens. And then if I do have meat, it's more like a white meat, like a chicken or a pork or something like that. And just those few alterations have done a wonder for just the overall inflammation in my body. Just joints don't hurt as much as they used to. And then if I couple that with CBD, then it's like I get kind of more of a total complete um, solution to my to my normal aches and pains. Yes, and, and I think, and I don't know what your guys' thoughts or experiences are with Western medicine, but I feel like we, we have this like kind of subconscious notion that you can take a pill for that. Oh, absolutely. And that will make it better. And and it's that's really not. If you look at you know without getting into Chinese medicine or any other kind of ancient culture, um, it, it's it's often. There are several pieces to the puzzle, I guess is the best way to say it. And um, there's never one simple answer. Now, you know, if you're 20 years old and, you know, you're trying to work through an injury, it's a different, it's a different story than when you're in your mid-40s, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so, so, so you said, just to go back, so you said, um, you say enriched carbohydrates in, in sugar? Or oh, what was the yeah, oh, like the, uh, I have to go back and look at it, but like the, 
you know, the refined sugars and refined carbohydrates. Yeah. Like the, those were the ones that seemed to, to cause the most inflammation in my body when I'd eat them. And I could feel it. Like I would literally go and I'd be like, right, I'm going to go have a burger and fries tonight. And I wake up the next day feeling like shit. And I'm like, I didn't yeah. even drink it. I didn't drink anything. I didn't do anything that would cause me to feel horrible the next day other than those foods that I had in my body, which, you know, I, it's, it, you can trace that directly. And I think that diet is huge. And a lot of people that, but that in that mindset, like you said, you know, in America, it's take a pill and, and it'll get you through the day and then just take another one the next day. It's like that's a really ineffective way to treat things, I think, you know. So Absolutely, absolutely. And, if, um, and, and that said, that might be a, um, an interesting seg into, um, you know, or, or coming full circle to what you said about opiates. And um, I, I really do think that it's um, – not only appropriate, but not necessarily a coincidence that all of this is kind of arising right now while we're seeing, I'm pretty sure the largest cause of death under 40 is overdose right now because of opiates. I mean, over anything else. And that's just crazy. Wow. And people, people are getting in their fifties and sixties. Um, and so I, I think it's, it's, it's all too appropriate for, for people to really look at how, how they manage pain. And, and, and not only that, I think there's been, we've known, there's been, in the last 10 years, we've learned more about the brain than we have probably in the previous 50. And learning how pain originates and, um, you know, how to manage it. And um, there's all these really cool studies out there that talk about a wet brain and a dry brain and how people are preconditioned for pain, um, and it's it's really crazy. But, but I will say one thing, and you know, we're talking about inflammation, talking about aches and pains. If you don't sleep well, you don't recover. Yeah. Period. So if you don't sleep well, and I think a lot of people are like, "Oh, I get eight hours." Well, did you get eight hours of good deep sleep? And, and I can't, you know, I can't speak to that. But if you don't sleep well, you don't recover. And so, I mean, that's just, it's, it's logical. So, um, I mean, there are nights when, you know, my shoulder isn't bothering me and, and, um, you know, I'm fine, but you know, I've got something on my mind. I want to make sure I sleep well. Um, it's just, it kind of becomes part of your daily routine, I think. Um, and, and as I think we're going to see CBD is, is moving from, you know, kind of this, health medicinal world into food real quick um, from coffee to protein shakes to water. I think you're going to see it in an energy drink really quickly. You know, Coke, Coke was looking at some of these Canadian cannabis companies um, and I'm pretty sure that they are buying a, a beverage company here in Denver to make a CBD drink. Oh yeah, I saw I saw stuff about that. Also, too, how the yep. beer com- beer companies have invested hundreds of millions of dollars into um, the new beer inf- uh, THC yeah. infused drink that's coming out. It's like uh, I heard this thing about how Miller Miller Molson Coors or whatever their name is now yeah. Um, yeah. invested an absolute fortune into this, and I guess it's going to be launched here in Canada soon. And so, because you know, Canada had legalized marijuana across the board just recently and so the investment dollars that are coming in for that for all these different drinks and stuff from these beverage companies are just enormous 
Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, and and Constellation Brands is the other one, which is Corona. Um, but yeah, I think what you're seeing on the cannabis side is people. It's a recreational thing, and alcohol is a recreational thing. So that's kind of the natural. Um, you know, people want to let loose and have fun on Friday and Saturday night or whenever. Um, but when you think of like Coca-Cola or some of the soft drink companies, CBD is a much more logical play for them um, because they can put it in all of their vending machines. Um, so, so it's it's pretty crazy. It seems to be going. I mean, I think you're, you're already seeing CBD in, in skincare and beauty products. Um, you know, of course, there's like CBD lip balm and stuff, but I think you're going to see, you know, sophisticated brands having CBD in in their products. Um, it's 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 close. Um, so on that that's, on that subject crazy. or on that, um, uh, uh, yeah, I um, I recently got my CDL, um, my commercial driver's license, Class A, and um, there's not a company out there that I can't get, you know, I, I have to submit to a drug test from any company. Um, and I've, I've worked in the past for um, organizations where it's, it's not just a piss test, it's, it's a hair follicle test. Um, oh, man. So what's, what's the current wisdom? I mean, assuming that I use something that has, you know, that, that it's below that threshold of 0.3% THC. What's the current wisdom and science by, you know, because I'm not going to risk that behind using a CBD product and, you know, lining up for a drug test, you know, within, uh, you know, within a short period of time. Yeah. And, that, and that's a great question. So a lot of, people that, you know, are in commercial driving would benefit. Um, And I've actually talked to people. Um, I think the the current wisdom is is a little bit, um, it's a little bit gray in that I know that, you know, one of my partners, Sean Hermanson, he's, he's six, eight, you know, 250 pounds. He played college basketball and he takes a lot of CBD and he does periodically drug test himself. Um, now he he uses like you know what you buy at Walgreens. Not not going to be the same standards that you are going to have to submit to with the CDL test. Um, not only on the you know the urine analysis, but on the follicle. Um, he is always taxed. Um, but we also know athletes that um, you know play sports that are governed by WADA, which is World Anti Doping. WADA has CBD as um, completely legal, but THC is not. I, I would suspect, you know, so I guess there's always the chance that you could pee hot. And so, therefore, people stay away from full-spectrum or full-plant CBD because it has all the other cannabinoids, including THC. Now, you can get CBD products that are basically just the isolate. So they, like I mentioned earlier, they isolate, in a lab, they isolate out the CBD molecule from all the other cannabinoids. So it's just that one molecule. Um, you would be fine to use that. 
However, you're not going to get all the benefits that you would be when you use a full-spectrum or a full-plant CBD, if that makes sense. So yeah. there is a yeah, product that, out there. It's just not quite as good. That's kind of what I'm saying. And that, I see. What you're, what you're referring to there, that, that's the entourage effect, right, that you were referring to where with, Correct. with a broader portfolio Correct. of CBD molecules, you're going to get, like, it. It, it, they, they might not understand exactly why, but for whatever reason, the broader portfolio of, of molecules acts better than a single isolate. Correct. Correct. I would, and, and I don't, I, I was going to say, you know, I would, if I would put that in kind of like a layman's terms, I would say that's like a, a multivitamin compared to like a single a single vitamin source, like, you know, you've got a multivitamin, which is encompassing everything, and then you've got, like, vitamin C, which is just handles a certain number of things. So I, is, would that be a great way to kind of put that into layman's terms for somebody trying to understand the difference between full spectrum and then just the single single source CBD? Yes, I think that's, I think that's a fair, fair analogy. Now, I, I think one of the great mysteries of, or, you know, the scientists that are looking into all of this right now is, is, why, you know, looking at the endocannabinoid system, why, why is that? Um, you know, so, but, but yes, I think the, you know, the multi, um, vitamin is, is, is a good analogy. And, okay. you, you know, I think with, with drug testing on a hair follicle level, I, I wouldn't even know how to comment. Um, yeah. Because even, certainly if there's trace amounts, it's going to show up in your hair. Now, you know, when I look at, you know, when we look at athletes in different sports leagues, the NFL versus the NBA versus the NHL, all of, versus the PGA, they all have different thresholds on how many parts per million. So it's kind of all over the place. Um, obviously, we know that the NBA, a lot of NBA players are not averse to cannabis and marijuana, and um, they, you know, have a lot lower standards than, say, the NFL. The NHL, um, the standards are pretty loose, and even if you test positive for THC, they don't punish you. So, um, and, and I think the NHL is actually the one that will crack first due to the fact that now things are legal in Canada, and players up there are calling for the ability to to use CBD. And I mean, Connor McDavid, the um, one of the most prominent young stars has specifically singled out CBD as something that the NHL should should loosen up on, so that you know after a game he doesn't have to take you know six Advil. And all, you know, you think about it, these athletes are big dudes too, so yeah. two Advil doesn't do the trick. They're taking six at a click, and yeah. so anyway, I, I think that you know. Um, the testing is going to get better, and I think that you know. We know that under 0.3%, you, you don't get high. I don't know what the threshold there where you would start to feel a psychotropic effect, but um, CBD is not getting high. Um, but, you know, if you do have uh, a follicle or a drug test um, for work, I would not use full plant or full spectrum, but, but get a product that's isolate, CBD isolate, so it's only CBD. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Craig, did you want to talk about your friend that that has had all those challenges with with cancer and, and everything, um, and how she's yeah, I, 
utilize I'll, that? Yeah, I'll just put it out there for. I mean, you know, Mike, if you've got commentary on it, I, I'm just going to read. I'm just going to read what she sent me, and you know, we have it on this on this document just as a um, as an anecdote for the audience to kind of digest. So I, I have a friend who has. Um, she was first diagnosed with cancer um, at age eight, um, and she's in her early fifties now. Um, but she's she's gone through several uh, reoccurrences of cancer, um, and, and she's actually um, she had cancer in one of her eyes, and and, and she's had some um, some significant surgery um, to. Um, just deal deal with it. Um, but anyway, she she let me know recently that that her doctors had prescribed her um, CBD, and I'll I'll just read to if I can pronounce the words um, just for the audience. And, and Mike, I'll be interested <laughs> if you have any commentary on it. Um, so I, I have this is her speaking. I have trigeminal neuralgia, left face, facial trigeminal from. 700, 7,000 rads of radiation and high doses of chemotherapy from 1976 through 1980. Stage 4 rabidin, uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce this, in the left eye and the left head. Trigeminal neuralgia is often the suicide, is often called the suicide disorder. I'm not a candidate for gamma knife surgery or traditional treatment because of radiation damage and vascular face and neck issues. I'm being treated with the following medications, Cymbalta, Gabapentin, Tegretol, active cannabinoids, Deseril, Armothyroid, and Tramadol, um, which is the rescue pain medicine, so she's using the CBD as an effective means of managing the pain, and she describes it as just feeling very relaxed and floating in a pool. And when it, it's particularly helpful when um, the muscles in her face and head um, are tense and, and they relax them. So um, I, I just find it, I mean, number one, it, I... I'm glad that she gets uh, released by using it, but I, I also find it very interesting that in Southern Virginia, where she's from, a more conservative area of the country, she has her doctors that are encouraging her to use this product. And interestingly, one of the doctors that she's got is the same doctor who treated John McCain recently. For his, um, for his brain cancer. Um, so this individual has suggested that she use CBD to manage some of her pain and anxiety. Yes. So I think, you know, any, anything that shows promise as it relates to shrinking tumors or, or, or preventing tumors from growing, you know, gets a lot of, a lot of attention. Um, I don't think I've read any long-term clinical studies. However, there are a lot of stories, anecdotal, like you just mentioned, where people have utilized CBD, typically in very high doses, to help treat either cancer 
I mean, literally reducing the tumor size or the symptoms um, that, that they have as it relates to, to their cancer. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I would say, you know, if, uh, you know, I have a friend here in, in Denver who is, is going, he, he, um, he just finished radiation, but he's been doing radiation and chemo. Um, you, you know, it's hard to say he's been taking a little bit of CBD. Um, and I know that it's a topic of discussion, but I, I think it's more isolated cases where doctors are, are really using that as kind of the forefront method of, of combating the disease. Um, it sounds like, you know, your, your friend or the story, you, you're, I mean, if you've been fighting cancer since 1976, your body is probably pretty beat up. Um, and so, therefore, looking for alternative methods, um, it, it would be very ideal. Um, I used to work with an individual. He's an older guy. He's probably in his 50s. And I think he has thyroid cancer. And about 10 years ago, and he did not want to do typical treatments, i.e. chemo or um, radiation. And it was definitely an issue. You know, his family wanted him to do whatever he needs to do to stay alive, which makes sense. He had different beliefs. Um he never did chemo and he never did radiation. He's still alive and healthy today. I can't say if his cancer is in remission. However, diet played a huge role in part of that recovery as well. Um, mm. Just yesterday, I received a text from a physical therapist friend of mine here in town. And let me pull it up real quick. It says... Um, basically brain cancer, and there was a glioblastoma, and basically a tumor in this person's brain, and it shrunk 90% over three months wow. using CBD. And now, just to give you an idea of what, what, they, were, what they were using, this person used a 5,000-milligram tincture per month for three months. So 5,000 milligrams a month for three months. I typically take about 50 milligrams a day. So you can imagine, um, and, you know, the tincture that we sell is most tinctures are in a one-ounce bottle, but they have, you know, the one we, we, we offer is 500 milligrams, which is pretty typical. 1,000 is also pretty typical, but to have a 5,000-milligram bottle and take that per month for three months, that's a lot of CBD. But... There are no side effects. You don't get addicted to it. I mean, I, I, I do think that if you're taking that much on a daily basis, you are going to be uber relaxed and, and probably <laughs> feel much like, much like you, 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 you know, your friend describes, you kind of like you're floating. Um, you, you know, as kind of a side note, my parents take CBD and they, they aren't drinkers. Um, and never were, you know, never, never used cannabis or anything like that. Um, and our gel cap happens to be a little bit more potent. It's 42 milligrams per, per gel cap. Typically pills are about 25. The long and short of it is my mom felt a little bit, quote unquote, too relaxed. So, you know, if, if you start getting into those higher doses, um, you know, it's not something that, you know, you want to go out highway driving. 
and, um, you, you know, be super active. You kind of want to be more of an arrested state. Um, but again, when you're treating cancer, like typically, you know, you're kind of in that, in that, that mode. Um, similar, similar stories with epilepsy. Um, you're seeing a lot of promise with adolescent, um, or pediatric epilepsy. Actually, the first FDA approved drug that had cannabis in it is specifically for pediatric epilepsy. And so, um, these more serious conditions require higher dosage. A lot, and, and in some cases, a lot higher dosage. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as kind of just a side note, um, you know, a lot of CBD in this industry kind of bloomed out of this girl in Colorado Springs named Charlotte. And, you know, a 60 Minutes piece, gotta be eight years ago now, on her and this particular strain called it was later called Charlotte's Web, which was actually a cannabis strain um, that was very high in CBD. So, um, yeah, I remember yeah. hearing about that. Yeah, that was interesting how that that whole thing came about with Charlotte's Web. And I, I have friends that messaged me to this day when you know when we were talking about doing this podcast. They had inquired about Charlotte's Web. They're like, "Hey, is that is that the CBD I should be looking for?" And you know, I didn't I didn't know the answer to that. Um, but I told her, I said, "Well, you know, there's obviously been incredible medical benefits that have helped that individual out." Um, but I didn't know, you know, what to what to suggest going forward because I think some people think like, "Oh, there's different strains of marijuana, so there are different strains of the CBD, which will affect me in different ways." So yeah, I mean, so and you know, and Charlotte's Web is is in some regards a, a competitor. They they, but just to kind of be specific, so their product, their, what they started out with wasn't a hemp-based product. It was a cannabis-based product. It was a, a strain that was low in THC and high in CBD. Um, because those, those sort of strains are, um, not very common. Like if you went to dispensaries here in Denver and went in and you asked for, I, I need a really good, CBD strain, um, it typically costs a little bit more money. At least that's my experience. Uh, so, but but I mean, I think you, you know, I, I, you know, the severity of your condition, you know, re- re- requires a little bit higher dosage. That's typically what I've seen. And you know, when you have a, a product or a substance that doesn't really have any side effects other than making you feel floaty or really relaxed, uh, you know, it, what's the harm? Yeah. I mean, on a side note, like, you know, there's, there's a huge, um, play into the whole pet world and, you know, dogs and cats, but also in horses as well. Um, in equine, they're, they're already seeing, um, you know, with these high end, uh, racehorses and stuff that, you know, they train hard. They're, they're sore. They need to rest and recover. And, and you're even seeing CBD in, in that world as well. So it's yeah. going in every direction. Cool. Well, that's exciting to see. I mean, it's, you know, it's about time that, that, uh, um, we start looking at different methods of, of helping people out, whether it's with anxiety or depression or pain or, you know, just, just like we were talking about just aches and pains that you have from the chronic pain as you get older. All that stuff can be debilitating, and it alters your life. And so, if there's a product out there or a, a plant that provides the medicine with the, with literally zero side effects, I mean, why wouldn't we look at that and pursue that? Especially based on how many people are dying or overdosing from these other medications. 
absolutely. And I think you just you just threw the term out there that I, I it's it's really plant science. Um, and, and I think you know uh, what this plant can do um, on the you know the medicinal side for not only the, the body but the mind as well. Um, and then all of the industrial um, aspects that we didn't even touch upon—it's um, really, it's really quite revolutionary. Um, and I think, you know, throughout the, the heartland of, of America, where, where some of our farmers are hurting, um, you know, I've even had people call me and say, "Hey, I've got some land in my family that no one's using. You know, I'm interested in planting hemp. I mean, why not?" Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Well, hey, Mike. Um, so I, we have we. This is um, this has been a really really helpful conversation for me, and um, I we're we we could probably go on forever, but we are we're, we're probably uh, approaching the end of our of our time here. And um, I, you know, is there as, as a final as a final statement or an encouragement to our audience? Um, do you have any? It's is there a specific um, ask or suggestion you've got for our audience um, with respect to your products or CBD in general that you you just want to kind of wrap up this conversation and we'll we'll of course provide our our crew with um, with with some good notes um, as we as we post the episode so they can follow up individually but do you have Do you have any any final final thoughts or or ask for our uh, for our audience out there? Well, yeah, I mean, I think you know if if anyone has further questions, concerns, um, just wants to talk CBD, you know, anyone can email me at mike at playercomplete dot com. Um, and if and if anyone is interested and, and wants to try out our products on Soul Hustle. S-O-L-H-U-S-T-L-E.com. Um, you can use the coupon code NOMAD15, and uh, that will get you a discount on, on some of our products and, and give you a chance to try out CBD. Right on. Well, I think a bunch of people will be interested in that, so we'll definitely push that out to our network. And, and I, I just want to thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to go over this information because – like we were saying when we got started, it's, it's, it's a new field for people. They're interested to learn about it because they hear about these great things that CBD can do. And so I think that this uh, information you provide on the podcast has been great. Well, terrific. Can I, I absolutely thank Mike to come on your show and, and talk about CBD. So thank you both. Yeah, you bet. Well, good deal. Well, I think we've got our first series, our first episode of the series here in the can. So why don't we go ahead and log off here and then, um, um, Mike, I'll get with you so we can get all those links and everything included in the details for the podcast. So if people want to check out some of the things we referenced throughout the episode here, then I'll, we'll have all that ready for them. Perfect. That sounds great. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. All right. Thank you, and have a, have a good day. All right. You do the same. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.